Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? Welcome back, everybody. I am in the studio again with my beautiful bride, Pastor Tanya. Hi, everybody. Of course, we call her T, but that's cool. <laughs> we had a, a really, really great service this Sunday. Uh, the message was called Twisted Christian, which is <laughs> outstanding. And you explained uh, in our podcast yesterday what a twisted Christian was. And I, I love how you said it. You said, essentially, accepting the lesser. A twisted Christian is someone who accepts the lesser, someone who's right. not living in what God has for us. Did, right. I, did I explain that correctly? Yeah. yeah, it is. It's accepting the lesser. And in, in accepting that, in that acceptance of the lesser, of the lie, we do get kind of bent and twisted and it's just a weight on us. It is. And as an object lesson, you played this video from the band Twisted <laughs> Sister called We're Not Gonna Take It. So, but it had kind of a double entendre because mm -hmm. uh, it was your message was just about being a twisted Christian and also how we're not gonna take it. We're that. not gonna take it anymore. I love yeah. that. And your message was just, it was a lot of fun. And, and honestly, where else are you gonna hear songs like what a beautiful name, <laughs> and we're not going to take it. Right? In Go this, to church, people. In the same <laughs> setting. Go to church. It'll surprise you. <laughs> you know, a large portion of your message was rooted in this story found in Luke 13. Yeah. Where a woman who was bent over with an infirmity for 18 years. Oh, can you imagine? I was just, I was just going to ask you that. I, I can't. I can't imagine what it would be like to have that specific infirmity. I know that people ha have all kinds of other infirmities, little right. things that they're willing to, to just live with. Deal with, right. Of course, we were always taught that you shouldn't ever deal with anything. That the You should never make any bargains with the enemy. Before Christ, I wasn't, I wasn't taught that. I was taught, you know, rub some dirt on it, suck it up, cowboy up. And just accept that, accept that that's how it is. Yeah, I came up under Hagen, who always taught that we should just never, ever, I mean, you shouldn't settle for a wart or, I mean, any <laughs> any little thing on your body, any little thing in your life, you never give him any, any, and it was, matter of fact, it was one of David's mighty men who killed a thousand men over his bean patch because right. he knew that if he gave up one bean, they'd be back for the whole burrito. Right, I had to unlearn, I had to unlearn all of that, like rub some dirt on it, toughen up. And I had to learn how to really toughen up and take a stand. In your message, you said how this woman had suffered this infirmity 18 years. And then you looked cool. to the young people in the audience and you <laughs> said, hey, some of you guys haven't even been alive <laughs> for 18 years. Right. So, I mean, can, can you imagine what it, what it would be like to, to carry this thing? And I also think about how, what type uh, of infirmity this was. This woman was actually bent over in half completely crooked and what a that that to me seems like a picture of of shame and guilt and right. all that heaviness of sin all that burden of sin on our shoulders just forcing us to 
bend, hunch over, keeping us from being able to to straighten out. Right, just to curl underneath it and accept the weight. Jesus meets this woman and he heals her. Mm-hmm. And in your message, you go on to teach about how the religious leaders reacted. Oh, awful, awful. <laughs> right? and, and most people miss the small insight. And I was so happy that you, that you finally brought some attention to it. The word says that she in no way could raise herself up. Which I like that you said, you know, this to me alludes to shame and guilt and just the weight, the depression. She couldn't overcome this herself. She could in no way lift herself up. And how many times are we twisted Christians and we just accept this weight and we try to do it on our own? And we try and we try to get rid of it, but we, we can't do it by ourselves. We can't stand. She couldn't stand by ourselves. We can't rid ourselves of this thing by ourselves. We can't work out enough to make the depression go away. We can't eat enough yummy food to make you know these things go away to distract ourselves. We don't have it. And whatever you want to think about the, the state of the medical community in that era, Certainly, there was a community. Certainly, there was other individuals who were coming in, chiropractors, massage therapists, doctors, right. who probably throwing everything at this woman. Try this. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? And I love that the Bible's so clear that she had already tried everything. Look, I'm not against medicine. I know that you're not against right. medicine. I'm not against the medical community. I think God is pro-healing. I think however we go about getting our healing. I was always taught that the natural... And the supernatural combined make an explosive force for God. But also with the understanding that God is Jehovah Rapha, that he is our father and physician. So even though the medical community might offer me a pill that will help to alleviate maybe some of my symptoms or some of the pain or some of the discomfort, ultimately it is God who does the healing. That's still a mystery even today. In our enlightened medical community, even today, the actual act of how a healing occurs within the body, whether it's something natural like a paper cut or something supernatural like the, the regeneration of a limb, the medical community still cannot explain the miracle that it is when, when humans and animals alike become well. It can only be healing. a God creation, right? can only be a creation of the Lord. Uh, absolutely. You know, I just, I think it's, I always admire, I don't know if admire is the right word. I, maybe I should say amazed. I'm always amazed at the fact at the stubbornness of humanity. Oh, God. Just the desire to, to do this myself. And, right. and she, this woman tried all of her means. She, right. She tried to do everything that she could in herself, whether that was a positive or negative thing. But what is it about humankind that we seem so determined to do everything for ourselves, to, to do things in, in our own strength? What's that about? It's just crazy. Like, we're like, oh, I don't want to go here. I'll be a bother to so-and-so. And we just see ourselves as, you know, if it was our best friend, we'd be like, hey, come to me for help. If it's our children, definitely. Like, come here. I will take care of you. But we don't see ourselves as that, as worthy to reach out for help. I don't, I don't understand it either why it's just such a, a shame hold that the enemy has on us. It really is a struggle, and we see it as, a, as an exercise. It's one of the reasons why we put a food pantry in our church. And we, we, we definitely want to help those who are 
who can't afford food, uh, people who are in a bad situation. But we also try to get our own believers, our own church to right. go down and use the food pantry. And this is what we hear more often than not. I don't need it. Right. I don't need that stuff. I'm going to let's let's just leave that for somebody who really needs it. <laughs> if we're not good receivers on earth, how are we going to be good receivers from heaven? Exactly. And so it's not so much about meeting the need as it is an exercise in receiving. Yeah. I've always felt like the the working definition of a good steward is faithful in your giving and aggressive in your receiving. Amen. Amen. So you have to have an opportunity to receive. And so that's why we tell people like they say, oh, I don't need the food. We say, Great. Yeah. I'm so thankful that the Lord has met that need for you. Go downstairs and get some food anyway. Yeah. And give it to somebody who does. Go take it to somebody or or make a meal and have a bunch of people over to your house and, and spend some time with the other believers. Right. Accept the blessing. So the lesson is in receiving, how to be a better receiver, because it is, for some reason, within us to mm. uh, or, or have that desire to rely on ourselves to be self-reliant self-dependent i'm a self-made man i i i did all these things myself i don't need any help from anybody we we do take some some pride in that but we realize in in great thanks to your message that we need to be reliant upon jesus so so what are three things that i can do today to actively rely on jesus in, in his power. We aren't designed to do things on our own, right? We are designed specifically to be in community. And we have to have this open relationship with Jesus. I mean, to be in that community, to, to bring him into our every day. Some things that we can do just, I think, to actively rely on Jesus is, first of all, to get in his word, to know what we have access to. Know his promises, learn them, plant them in your heart and let them grow there. So I think that is really, really important. Secondly, pray. And I don't mean like start your day with like, um, thank you, Jesus, for this day. And then in Jesus name, amen. Don't shut off the prayer wagon. Yeah, I love that. Don't don't yeah. close the door. Like this is an all the time relationship. Jesus lives with you and he's following you around. So talk to him. Mm-hmm. Just talk to him all day um, and keep that relationship door open. And of course, you know, as much as you talk, uh, stop for a little bit and listen. He's got a lot to say. <laughs> right, two ears and one mouth, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> two ears, one mouth. So so listen to what he says. He, he, he'll guide you well. And I think one more thing is to get yourself in Jesus' situations, to put yourself in situations where Jesus has to come through, where you, where if if Jesus doesn't do it, this thing is not getting done. And watch him, like build your testimony file. Watch him work in your life and acknowledge that and thank him for it right when he does it. Thank you, Jesus. That was awesome. I know that was you. It wasn't the universe bringing me good things. It wasn't because I had a picture of this taped to my fridge. (laughs) It, It wasn't because, oh, I really needed it and I deserve it. Every good gift comes from God. So we need to acknowledge that good gift and praise him and and thank him for it. We were always taught that the enemy doesn't really care which side he he gets you to be deceived on. You either be deceived on the on a positive side or deceived on a negative side. Exactly. He just wants you to walk in deception. Right. And I love that in your message you said that Jesus straightened out the woman, mm-hmm. but then it was she 
who held herself up. Right. And this is why I love that because I think some Christians are so self-reliant. They don't want to ask Jesus for anything. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this problem is too small for Jesus. Or maybe they think this problem is too big for Jesus. Right. Or for whatever reason, they don't want to ask Jesus to get involved. And then there are other people who just want to be carried their whole lives. Right. They don't actually want to do anything. They want, okay, I've got this need. You pray for me. Right. I'm not going right. to pray for myself. You pray for me. I'm, I'm not going to study the word. You study the word for me. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I mean, it gets crazy. It gets down to Jesus. What kind of cereal do I get? Jesus, what kind of socks should I wear? Right. We're walking down aisle three and, and we say, oh, well, the Lord told me to get toasty fruitios <laughs> instead of granola this weekend or. or. Right. It, it's funny how that um, toasty fruitios are your favorite. And granola is not. Yeah, right. Weird. Mm. Weird how God told you to get that. <laughs> you know, you're always warning people to curl their toes. Maybe we should uh, <laughs> put that in the beginning. Hey, buckle up. <laughs> it's about to get real. <laughs> I just think that it's interesting how we we see believers. They're they're either off on one side or off on the other side. Mm-hmm. You said that Jesus straightened out this woman, but then she held herself up. Let's talk about the juxtaposition between being fully reliant on God, yet also taking responsibility and action mm-hmm. in, in our role. It does seem contradictory, like, well, now, you know, hold, now she's holding herself up, but she couldn't before. Look, she could in no way straighten herself up. Jesus put her in the position that she needed to be in. He put her where she needed to be, and then she had the power to carry herself up. She had the power to hold herself up. He gave her what she needed, and then she could take that thing and run with it. And it was actually up to her exactly. at, at that point to hold herself up. Not, not only did, did Christ had provided her that power, but he mm-hmm. didn't offer to carry her on a, on a sling or over his shoulder. It, it was up to her at that point. Right. He rid her of the infirmity. He rid her of the infirmity and delivered her from what held her down. And now it's up to her to live in that straightened up position. Bring that into present day. How, how do I remain fully reliant on God and also do my part? We'll put this in into like a, a reality check. You need deliverance. Somebody needs deliverance from drugs, right? The Lord comes and delivers them. He gets rid of that craving. Okay. He, he gets rid of that stronghold. He gets rid of that thing. Now it's up to said person to live that life of a clean lifestyle to be able when, when those things come back because they will come back. So it's, it's up to that person to say, no, I've been freed of this and I will not let it get on me again. I will not live in addiction. It's up to them to take that stand. They've been delivered. Jesus did all the work. Now it's up to them to stand strong and say, no more. What a great example, because we think some people have this idea that when I get born again, that Christ is just going to fix me. Because we hear these testimonies, right? Like I, when I was, I was an alcoholic and then I was born again and then I didn't have any cravings for alcohol. I was, I was a smoker and then I got born again and I didn't have any cravings for cigarettes again. And that's that kind of, I mean, that's awesome when that happens, but I think that kind of sets people up for with a false expectation of what it is to be born again, renew your mind, and walk out or pursue this path of holiness because right. Jesus provides the power, mm-hmm. but then it's up to us as individuals to walk that out. It's up to us to walk it out. And what I think is so amazing is that Jesus is so abundant that not only do we get to walk out this victorious lifestyle, we get to deliver it. 
And as we talked about in our previous podcast, our friends and family are getting robbed. It's because we don't know that we can deliver what Jesus has given us. Mm -hmm. And people suffer because of it. They do. Absolutely. People ourselves, Mm -hmm. people that we love. Yeah. People that we care for that are kind of in our circle of influence. Mm-hmm. Or like, I wish, I wish I could help that person. I wish I could provide something. It's not by coincidence that you're there. You were sent there. You're on a mission. Like this is, this is a, a rescue mission that we're on yeah. on this earth. That's good. You said that when worldly individuals witness the miraculous, <laughs> they'll try to steal the effect of the miracle. They can't steal the miracle. You said that in your message. Exactly. They, they can't steal the miracle, but they want to steal the effect of your miracle. Mm-hmm. And, and you pointed out that the rulers of the synagogue spoke to the crowd. Yeah. Those who were amazed, those who were astonished by Jesus, and and they attempted to undermine the move of God by making it look like Jesus or or even the woman herself mm-hmm. had done something wrong. Sneaky enemy, right? Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, I like that you said, there's a trap here, and you have to be careful to avoid it because it's trappy. Yeah, don't fall into it because it's trappy. <laughs> Tell us about the trappiness of this trap. Oh, so if, if that synagogue leader could have won the crowd, that crowd would have turned against Jesus and turned against this woman. And then she would have continued to carry shame that she didn't have to. Jesus delivered her, right? When we uh, individuals today make a stand for Jesus, the crowd will will come after us. The crowd will will oh well Jesus didn't do that. That's not real. And they'll they'll try to talk you out of not they can't talk you out of your healing. You received your healing, but they will try to talk you out of your stance in faith. They'll try to explain it away. That way, God doesn't get the glory. Jesus doesn't get the credit. And nobody is amazed at him. Nobody's right. worshiping him. Just a couple weeks ago, we watched this film with some friends of ours where God actually raised this Nigerian pastor from the dead. Mm-hmm. He was dead three days. He was fully embalmed. All, all of these things. Amazing, Just right? kind of taking one excuse after, after the next. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. We hear about God doing something miraculous. Let's say this guy died in the car accident and he was dead for five minutes. Right. And then in the hospital, he came to life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's easy for naysayers to look at and say, oh, you know, that strange things happen. You could come back to your heart could just start. That's what I love about that documentary so much is it's just such a great example of how impossible the situation was. And there's just layer after layer of excuse being taken away. There was there was literally no life left within this man physically or or spiritually. There was no life left in this person and, and God brought him back. And there's really, it's very difficult to refute that. But in our everyday miracles and in the everyday things that we see, a naysayer, an unbeliever, even a doubting Christian uh, might try to either talk themselves or be talked out of the good work that God is doing. Right. That good work, that's a seed. Can you imagine if we let that seed grow what it would become? But but the enemy is going to come and try to snatch that seed. He's going to try to snatch that foundation, that root in Christ. He's going to try to snatch that out of people and and win a crowd win a crowd to to tell you that you're wrong because if it's just you you know he doesn't see you as a threat but once that crowd starts expanding that's heaven being built that's that's kingdom dynamics there so here jesus is he's in the synagogue Mm -hmm. and the leaders of the synagogue see jesus breaking this rule and the rule is remember the sabbath and keep it holy and so this religious leader goes over to 
correct Jesus. Right. Well, kind of. He doesn't talk to Jesus about it. He talks to the crowd to say, oh, look what he did wrong. And Jesus was having none of it. And I love that. But the leaders of the Sabbath were doing the right thing, right? They were, they were obeying the, the law. They were doing it publicly, but he called him out when he called him hypocrite. He's like, you know, won't you go get your donkey? Won't you water your animals? So they wouldn't remember the Sabbath as they're trying to order him. He's saying, hey, this is more important. You know, you're doing what benefits you on the Sabbath. You're still working on the Sabbath. Um, you didn't take a day off when you didn't let your donkey go thirsty. This woman is more important to the Lord. You know, this woman should be restored to God. That's more important. And that is holy. This is my holy offering to the Lord. Before we were moved into senior leadership, we had met with a prophet named Gary Bergand on his deathbed mm-hmm. who gave us a warning. Uh, he was so excited, first of all, to see us being installed into senior leadership. Yes. He, he knew that it was the Lord's calling on our lives. Precious, precious man. Absolutely. And it, it came with a warning. Mm-hmm. Some of his final words, he in did. fact, he said, beware of religion and the tradition of man. Yeah. He said to be, to look out for this and to, to root those things out of our church. Mm-hmm. And here, here we see it right here. Whenever I hear this story, I think about those words from prophet Gary Bergand. Right. Because here, here's this guy who's just, he is a leader, but he is acting out of, out of this religious authority rather than a heart of God and, and recognize, which put him in a position of being, in a, of being a hypocrite. We experienced it Sunday. A Holy Spirit just came and took over. Now, if we wanted to follow the steps, one, two, three, we could have stopped the music and, and went right for the word, which the word needs to get out, definitely. But I'm not going to get in way of Holy Spirit to put out the word. Holy Spirit is the one who has say in how service runs. And, and so we have to just give him that room. Now, if we would have said, how dare you? How dare you move now? Now is not the time where I have you scheduled. That's absolutely ridiculous. Like he's who we're calling for. He's who we're inviting and saying, yes, have your way. In the synagogue, Jesus is who they want, right? Jesus, is, they're, these are all Jews. They're calling for the Lord but they're not letting him have his way. And that is not holiness. Actually, it sounds to me like that would be your definition of a twisted Christian. <laughs> exactly. And we're not going to take it. That's right. <laughs> so Twisted Christians is the name of the message. You can find it in our YouTube archive. I'll also include the link in the description below. Pastor Tanya, thank you so much. Look forward to talking to you again. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Towers, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. There's no one-